All right, welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. Uh, we were not going to do a podcast this week. We actually had scheduled to take the week off. We were going to allow Jonathan Smith to make full staff hires, get more news, build it up. December's a crazy month. But uh, we had to do one this week because Oregon State made a, an announcement that isn't the most surprising. It's just kind of almost a little strange to think about. Mike Riley is back for his third time in Corvallis as an assistant head coach and role TBD. So we don't know exactly what he's going to do, but he's back. And Angie, your first thought when you saw the official announcement that he's uh, on the staff. Yeah, I was a little shocked because I really thought, I mean, I'd heard that Coach Riley was going to be on staff. I thought more of a consultant role. You know, I I don't know what he's going to be like on the road. If he's going to be one of the, the nine recruiters that can hit the road, I'm not sure about that. Honestly, you know, so that was my first thought. But as far as giving Jonathan some, you know, mentorship and helping him, it it feels a lot like what Wilcox did down at Cal by bringing in staff members that are seasoned, know the ropes, you know, by bringing Riley in, someone that knows the Pac-12, knows the landscape, knows what it's like to be a head coach, you know, give Jonathan an extra extra set of eyes. Um, can you explain to the listeners that maybe they, they're not longtime listeners and they've just kind of subscribed to the pod, what was Riley like as a recruiter? Like himself, what was he like? Because he gets a, he gets almost all the credit for those years when Oregon State was really good while he was the head coach. You know, Riley's not a bad recruiter. He's very honest. He will tell guys like it is. But what gets me from, from standing where I stand is that he's the type of guy that would, a kid that, really, by all accounts, should be a walk-on candidate, would take an, a, an official visit, and then Riley's like, you know, you're a heck of a good kid. We're going to offer you a scholarship. And has someone like me sitting there scratching my head like, what What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same vein, would have a four-star visit and say, I want to commit, and have have Coach Riley say, you know, I want you to go home and, and sleep on this. Again, <laughs> you're like, wait, what is he doing? So, But other than that, I mean, as a whole, he's very honest. He's very um, trustworthy. I think parents love him. Uh, as far as that goes, I think that is very solid. Is the uh, I've always wondered, is the Indomitian Sioux thing the tr- a true story? I know I've heard that, too. I've heard the whole, you know, lost the post-it note. A sticky note to call or, or, go ch- or go talk to or whatever it was, Indomitian Sioux. Uh, coming out of Grand High School in Portland, like somebody said that they, the story goes that he he lost the post-it, so he never did it, and Sue ended up going to Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, honestly, recruiting is such a thing that it takes more than just one call, right? You know, it's it's a a year long, nine month type process. So I don't think one missed phone call is is what lost Dominic and Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting if that if that really did happen. Yeah, it is, it's kind of an urban legend at this point. It really kind of is. Um, so he's on staff now. We 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 touched on the recruiting aspect of Riley. Is this a smart move, or are you in the camp of too weird and wish they more wouldn't have done it? You know, honestly, and. And no ill ill will toward anyone. I I just really wanted to see Jonathan Smith go after a, a bunch of really good recruiters for his staff of assistant coaches as far as recruiters. I have no problem with Coach Riley, Coach Erickson, whoever he wants to bring in as assistants or as, as consultants. He can bring in 57 consultants for all anyone cares. But those nine guys that are going to hit the road and be recruiters, I feel need to be 
strong recruiters. I mean, that's what Oregon did uh, when they when they when Taggart came in, brought in a, a staff full of recruiters, and that is what Jonathan really needs. And and looking at the guys he's brought on, you know, I, I spoke to our twenty four seven Sports Colorado guy, Adam Munson Tiger, about Brian Lindgren. He says, "Great guy, good quarterback coach, not a good recruiter." Oh, crap. So you know that was my next question. That you know so. I, I see that. I, I do see Mahalachek, and I think, and I've talked to the Arizona twenty four seven guy, Jason Shear, and and he's a, probably our best position coach and best Northern California recruiter. Okay, and lineman. So as far as that goes, home run hire for Mahalachek. Yeah, but you know Riley's not a, a home run hire as as far as recruiting goes. Mm-hmm. Lindgren's not a home run hire, and then you know he brings Cookus on staff, who has been on staff. A former Beaver, but you know you hear stories from current players and, and recruits that have talked to him, and he's not a home run recruiter. So he really needs this defensive staff and his wide receiver and running back coach. And if he hires a tight end coach, needs to be home run hires do as you, far as recruiting goes. Do you have a? Um, this is maybe just a guess in the dark, or maybe you have uh, inside sourcing an idea of when we would find out more staff hires. I'm hoping soon. I mean, there are seven recruits on campus this weekend coming in today. Um, all our commits except for one, Nico Hall, is coming in as um, an athlete for, um, you know, and I can see him committing. But, you know, Oregon State needs to come, you know, and I've heard so many rumors as far as defensive side of the ball. I've heard Trent Bray was going to be the defensive coordinator. Then I've heard no Inoki Brechterfield's coming in as a D-line coach, but now I've heard but maybe he wants to be a DC. He doesn't want to make a lateral move. And then, you know, you have Keith Hayward, who I know there's internet people, faceless internet people that have said Keith Hayward has been spoken to and he's coming. Yeah. I have really, really, really solid sources that say Keith Hayward has, has had one five minute conversation with Smith. And that happened this week. One. And to me, to let him stay at Oregon, if Cristobal makes him a DC, mm-hmm. that would be the biggest fail on Jonathan Smith's part to not get him locked up because Here's a guy who wants to be back at Oregon State as a DC. Make him and Trent Bray co DCs for all I care. Yeah. You know, make one a make a run, one a run game coordinator, one a, a a passing game coordinator. Get them both on staff. But if Cristobal's hired and hires Keith as a as a DC, and Oregon State still doesn't have a DC, that's it's looking a little bit like a mess. Well, and to to touch on something there, like they had one five minute conversation. I would be willing to wager it was basically, hey, congratulations, man! It's got to be great to be back there. You know, like no no serious conversation to be had in terms of the future. Now, it should be noted. Uh, I believe Hayward falls in this as well with Oregon staff. They they can't do anything until after the bowl game. So I don't even think contractually they're they're allowed to even have conversations yet. Until after the bowl game. If I'm off on that, then apologies. But I'm pretty certain that I had heard or read that that. Was, I thought that was just Levitt. Maybe that it. Okay, maybe it is but, just. But Levitt, maybe but, I'm wrong too. But I, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I think it was is the reason I was thinking that is because the two guys that are going to go with Taggart to Florida State are Pimpleton and uh, uh, Raymond Woody. They're out recruiting right now under Oregon. They can't leave. Nor can they, I think, do anything until after their bowl game. So maybe it's just them and Levitt, or maybe it's the whole staff. Um, your point still it, it goes without me going against it. I, I'm really going to be interested to see how he feels out the rest of this stuff. It feels like Trent Bray is a lock, right? That that guy's coming. Last I heard, though, however, I spoke to someone in Nebraska, and no, Trent Bray is not a lock. He has he has no papers signed. He has nothing in front of him as of wow. what Friday at four. 
20. How's Trent Bray as a recruiter? Good? Good. He's, you know, different than, than Keith. That's why I think the two of them together could be dynamic because, you know, Keith has those L.A. ties, whereas Trent has more Texas ties. Um, you know, Trent was responsible for landing like a Jonathan Willis, Bright Aguebu, some of the guys on Oregon State's roster right now. So, um, you know, those guys, a solid recruiter can identify with him. He is married to football. You know, Trent Bray is one of these guys that loves football inside and out and watches film constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm worried, Brianna. I mean, I, I seriously am a little concerned about what, you know, how this fills out. Yeah, because I think it's one thing to build nostalgia. I always think building on nostalgia is very dangerous. Um, I know a lot of people always remember the best times and your emotions get wrapped up into it and you remember where you were in certain big moments. Like, I have a danger about that. And not to say that he won't go make the right hires moving forward, but this Riley thing, I'm I'm kind of just meh. You know, I've taken yeah. Two, yeah. Or, two or three days and I'm just meh. Like, on one hand... Does it help Smith? I think absolutely as a first-time coach. There's the mentor part. And, you know, Mike, what did you do when you first started? Maybe picks his brain here and there. But on the other hand, I'm with you. And I was with you at the beginning of this. All but why I, do you need to make him an assistant head coach? Why can't you make I don't, him an I mean, he just got like a $5 million payout from Nebraska. Make him a consultant. Give him a little office and have him there. Kind of like Jay Lucy was when he was chief of staff. So all I all I know, I, what I know about this and what I've heard, um, I I talked to Kerry Agers about this because he wrote the Riley column, and you know he's he's pretty tight with Riley. Yeah, it's yeah. he's Mike. I, I guess Mike evidently told him that he had other offers, that this was not the only assistant job he was offered, and so he was somewhat a commodity on that market. And you know he's got the house there. Him and D went back, and he wanted to be back in the region and of the offers he got, that was part of the reason that was part of him coming on staff. Now, maybe he negotiated that in of, Hey, don't make me a consultant. Give me a, a, a coaching gig. Let me get back on the gridiron and let me go try to re- recruit and build the program back up to what it was. Maybe that was it. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get the, the real story, but I just I look at it from the positive of mentorship, and then I flip it and I say I know he wasn't the best recruiter on that staff in their heyday. What's he gonna be like as an assistant and hitting the road and making the phone calls and sending text messages? There's just that whole element of it that uh, leave me a little a little worried, no doubt about and, it. And then think about this too. I mean, this is what I always have me. Here's a guy who's coached. This is his third rodeo at Oregon State. And not that his input isn't important, but this is Jonathan Smith's job, right? I mean, you don't, I'm wondering how much say he's going to have. But then again, last night I hear Coach Erickson could be coming back in some type of a role. Yeah, I had a, I I, want to give proper credit here. So apologies. Um, Let me scroll and try to find it. Give me just a second as we live on air. Yeah, a, a listener, Tom in Nebraska, tweeted me something. Um, and evidently, this is a screenshot of some Twitter account at Beaver Sports. This person is saying someone I know was at Valley Football Center, saw a name outside of one of the coaches' offices near Mike Riley's. It read Dennis Erickson. He thinks he is going to be on staff on an advisory role. We will know if this is true or not in the coming days. So it may be a Jay Losey situation that he's an advisor, he gets an office, and he is inside Valley helping uh, Jonathan Smith. Again, this is Twitter hearsay. So if it's right, great. If it's not, whatever. 
Um, I had a picture of a Mike Riley name tag. I had no idea how true it was. If it was Photoshop, turns out it was pretty true. And, and we'll find out. He may bring on both Erickson and Riley to help him here. Yeah, yeah. And I, But I, as far as I've heard, Erickson would be coming in as, as a consultant. So, um, yeah, office, but not one of the nine recruiting coaches so, on the road. Okay, you, you, you kind of highlighted the other coaching hires that we have um, on staff so far and what they are recruiting-wise. I think that's all people care about right now. Um, we can wonder about Lindgren's system and and how that's going to translate with whoever they play at quarterback. I think right now the only important thing when you're sitting 1-11 is recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Exactly. And, and right now we only feel strongly about really one of them, right? Or would you put Riley in with you feel strong about it? I mean, yeah, I mean, one I feel is really good. I mean, I think Mahalachek is a, is a home run hire. I think when you look at Oregon State, there's talent on the roster, and the O-line and D-line are the two areas that really need to be addressed. So by bringing in a top-notch coach, he's coached for Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. for Oregon State, for Arizona State, Arizona, um, by all accounts, a solid coach, a solid recruiter. I think that is a home run. But I still have questions about, you know, Lindgren and Riley. Now, will Riley be one of the the nine assistants on the road, you know, Cookus has already been on the road. So, um, he, you know, he's he, in Washington this. this week. Sorry to interrupt you. Riley better be on the road. Um, yeah. How yeah. are you on staff and how are you doing something with the program and you're not on the road recruiting? I, I talked about this on my radio show and somebody had said, you know, his job is the assistant head coach and make sure the assistants are going the right places. I'm like, he is the assistant. He's he not the, the head coach anymore. Yeah. He better be on the road. Otherwise, if he's not pulling in recruits and, you know, we'll find out his role, but if he's not doing the recruiting thing, you're going to have a portion of fans that look at it and go, we're wasting a spot. You're wasting a a staff spot on somebody not contributing to the longevity of the program. No, you know, on the road. No, I think, I think as Beaver fans, you have to take a step back because Oregon State fans have been around Riley now. Like I said, this is the third time around. Oregon State fans take a step back and just look at the big picture. This is still a, a head coach who is the, I, I believe he's the most winningest coach at Oregon State, coached at Nebraska, coached in the NFL. By all accounts, everyone loves Coach Riley. I mean, Jim Harbaugh sent his kid to learn from him. Norv Turner sent his kid to, to learn from him. Um, you know, this is a guy that has a ton of respect, but you're right. I mean, then use that and use that on the road to go sell recruits. Um, why Oregon State, why Jonathan Smith, um, but he fits that mold with Jonathan. Jonathan's not a flashy uh, a flashy guy, not a swagger guy, very much in that Mike Riley role, in that mold. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to Hayward. Your, your writer, I saw this, uh, your staff writer, Amy Schwartz, had a tweet. I don't know what the name of maybe it was a player for Oregon, tweeted something uh, along the lines of Keith Hayward coming back or something along those lines, and it was a attached with like a, a a gif of Stone Cold Steve Austin chugging a beer in celebration. Do we know he's like an absolute to come back to Eugene? Or I'm just curious of this because people are running with it that it's a done deal that he's not coming back to Corvallis. Well, so this is this is what I've heard. So Keith Hayward wants to be a DC. So um, you know whether that's in Corvallis, he wants to also be in Oregon. So that's that's where you're left with. Um, I have heard Cristobal had mentioned to him. At one point, um, you know, earlier this week, hey, if I'm the head coach, would you be my coordinator? Um, 
Until that's in writing, though, it's all talk. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things I can say, especially with recruiting on the line. And you have all these kids. You're you're pandering to 18 year olds right now. And oh, I'm keeping. You know, I'm, this is this is my staff. But until there's something in writing, everything's fair game. So you know, if Smith is going to make a play, if he if he thought somehow he could have Smith because Smith and Bray were out of jobs, um, you know, and he could kind of find a spot for him. Yeah, that's not going to happen because there's going to be a job for, for Hayward at Oregon yeah. unless he acts and makes him a D.C. Well, he's either – because you, you mentioned it on the pod uh, a week ago or maybe it was two weeks. He's not moving for a lateral job, right? He's not moving no, Oregon no. to come to Oregon State to be secondaries coach. So if he's not named D.C., let's, let's say Levitt leaves and maybe he goes – Crystal Ball goes with uh, Salavea, who's a hell of a coach himself. I, I think Hayward either stays or finds a D.C. gig somewhere else – um, that is not equaling him to going to Oregon State. If he doesn't come to OSU, and, and I know you have a pretty good relationship dating back to when you used to work for the university, uh, if we don't get Hayward, who a lot of people want because of recruiting, is there names out there that you have thought about? Well, you know, right now all you hear are the former Beavers in Bray, Enoki Brachterfield, and Keith Hayward. Now, if you're going straight recruiting... Like, yeah, let's yeah. take... I want it recruiting, and let's take Hayward out. Hayward is not happening. Let's just hypothetically... Then I think you have to go with Bray. I think you have to go with Bray. Okay. Because he's a good recruiter. Um, Enoki is an amazing D-line coach, but I, I just don't know if you're ready to turn the keys over to a defensive... be a defensive coordinator in your first Pac-12 coaching gig to a guy that's never been a coordinator. At least Trent Bray has his dad to turn to. Right, Craig Bray, defensive mm-hmm. coordinator under Erickson, and he, you know, interim head coach at at Nebraska. So there's a little experience there. I, I think, I mean, in my dream world, if I was having a dream scenario, yeah, um, you somehow find a way to make Bray and Hayward co DCs. That that's the dream, in my opinion. Um, and and I'm not all for stacking the the field with a bunch of former Beavers either. I mean, it's not working out well for BYU, who went out and you know, fill the staff with former BYU players. Yep. So, um, but I do, I like the vision Jonathan's selling of, you know, I've been there, I've done that. I've, I've worked out in these, in these gyms. I've gone to class in these buildings. You know, if you can point to, Hey, you know, so is our DC. And I, and I know for a fact that Trent and Keith would love to come back. Um, those two together could be a dynamic duo. I know Keith would be able to grab a couple guys immediately who have told him at Oregon, they would follow him wherever he goes. Is there is there non OSU tie names that if you miss on a couple of these guys maybe interest you from a recruiting standpoint? Like somebody, uh, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. So if you don't have anybody, no worries, we can move on. Uh, is there any names you have heard or you can think of non tie related that if they miss, go get this person, put them on staff because they can recruit? Jimmy Lake at, or- at Washington, I think would be. He's a co DC right now. Uh-huh. I think he would be a good one. Um, the offensive side of the ball, if Jonathan Smith can somehow land Jordan Pow Pow from Washington, huge coup. He's the tight end coach right now, amazing recruiter. From every parent and kid I've spoken to that has been recruited, they love Jordan Pow Pow. So, um, he, again, he's an offensive coach, but if they can somehow land him, a Jimmy Lake, um, both very top-notch recruiters. Do you think he would get, uh, if they if they miss on Hayward Bray as D.C. and he went Lake D.C., is that a big loss or difference for you, or is that just still like you still look at it and go, okay, that's pretty pretty damn good? That would be a win. That okay. would be a total win. And th- you know, that's you know, stepping back, and I, I don't want to be sound too negative. Yeah. You know, you look at even like a Brian Lindgren, 
remember, this is a guy that's been a Pac-12 OC. Mm-hmm. He has faced every Pac-12 defense. He knows what he's going to be facing. Um, it's still a step up, I think, from where Oregon State has been. Well, and I, I don't know. Um, I haven't I haven't seen an article conflicting this yet, but I had seen a little blurb. Like Mike McIntyre was thinking about making huge changes on his yeah. staff. I don't know. I'm just kind of – this is speculation, mere kind of gossip a little bit. I don't know if maybe he was on the chopping block, had a relationship, reached out and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be out of here. Do you want to just give me the gig and – and maybe he has a relationship with Smith, or or maybe he was going to stay and chose to leave anyway. So the the rumors that I have heard would guess uh, McIntyre, and it wasn't McIntyre's decision. This was coming from the AD mm-hmm. at Colorado that big changes needed to happen, and many in the fan base were blaming Lindgren for the you know and the lack of production on offense. They were eleventh in the conference. Yeah. So um, there was some pressure for him. So uh-huh. yeah, would he maybe looking for a job? possibly, but from talking to parents and players who have been recruited, they say he's a great he's great in the living room. He's not a great salesman. He's not going to be a closer, but with quarterbacks, he's good. Yeah, okay. Um, so, he was also co-OC at Colorado, should be pointed out. He was the OC. They brought in another person. Everybody viewed that as he was getting demoted. Turns out, I guess, him and that other guy kind of figured it out, and their offense got better kind of at the end of the year, but you mentioned the pressure. I don't know who Colorado... You know, they just had an amazing year. They were in the Pac-12 title game, and then suddenly they want uh, wholesale changes because of a down year when you lose everybody on defense and your defensive coordinator. But that's neither here nor there. This is not a Buffs podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so there's there's some of the staff, and that's where it kind of weighs. What is he doing right now on the recruiting trail? Is he making any difference from what you have heard? Yes. So he actually took a flight out, a private plane down to Northern California on Monday, met with several commits. Um, and everything we've heard from those commits has been positive. Deshaun Wilson, uh, Isaac Hodgins, they all love him, um, said they have bought in. Isaiah Hodgins, who is the older brother to Isaac, was the freshman wide receiver this year, has said totally bought into Coach Smith's vision. He went down then to Southern California later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday, met with uh, Isaiah Smalls, big-time tight end commit out of Dorsey. And again, Isaiah had nothing but praise. So that's huge. These are kids that have been recruited from Anderson and Anderson staff. And um, sitting down and listening to to Jonathan Smith's vision, they have bought in. So um, that's a big win, I think, right now, looking forward. There are some guys that have committed that I'm curious about. They have not spoken to the staff. So um, those guys from Texas that were committed to, you know, Jason Phillips, um, I'm watching them because I don't know how much longer, you know, maybe Jonathan cuts bait with those guys. Um, but as of right now, there's a lot of early enrollees. We're looking at um, Isaac Hodgins will be committing or, or will be signing early and committing and be on, on campus early. Deshaun Wilson will be on campus as well. So, um, and Isaiah Smalls is looking at uh, signing early. So um Big-time wins for Oregon State there as far as keeping those guys locked in. And like I said, these are – when you look at Gary Anderson, Brandon, and and, and Jonathan Smith, totally yeah. different personalities. Uh-huh. I mean, they are yep. night and day different. And so when these guys have been sold by one coach and are able to listen to Jonathan and, and buy into that vision early, it's big. Um, you mentioned the weekend they have uh, coming up, if I'm not mistaken, right? This weekend? Mm-hmm. What, who, yeah. Who, who is involved? So we have um, Jake Ducart. Uh, Bradley Bickler and Keyshawn Dawkins, all from Oregon, all commits. 
You have Isaac Hodgins from the Bay Area. You have I, or, um, Nico Hall. He is the one uncommitted guy that is really going to be a, a pivotal guy. And then Deshaun Wilson, committed DB. So um, you have all com- six committed guys, one uncommitted guy, um, just a big chance for Coach Smith and the you know few players. Really, a lot of the players have gone home because it is break now. Finals week has wrapped up, so um, they will have enough guys to host. But I mean, goodness, the weather's amazing. These guys will have a good weekend, and we'll be able to hear Coach Smith and the coaches that are in town and and buy into their vision. And signing day starts December twentieth, mm-hmm. so that is going to be a busy, busy time. Um. Where's the cupboard at for you right now? If you were to, uh, you know, we played kind of the the way too early guessing game on wins. The schedule can be tough, especially when you look at what we think we know about these teams going into next year. Where, where's the talent? Where's the cupboard on this team? Is is it bare? What is it? How does it compare to like when Anderson took over? I don't think it's completely bare. I, I I'd give it kind of you know middle of the road. Uh, they they need help on the O line. I I think there's talent there. I just think the scheme needs to be changed, and the way, the techniques that they're being taught. D-line needs help. Um, there could be some Duco help uh, coming, although those guys won't be early signees. So those guys from Arizona Western that came in and visited during that Arizona State game could be big-time players there, but um, that'll be a, a wait-and-see mode. But it's, it's not empty, and, and I think Jonathan Smith has alluded to that. This is going to be a major culture change. I mean, this is a team that has won one game, barely, to Portland State. Mm -hmm. Um, They need a culture change. They need to um, have fun with football again. The guys I've spoken with, football's not fun right now. It was a drag. So um, Smith will need to make this fun, make it a game, make it something they want to do, and, you know, fill in some pieces. Quarterback's going to be huge, and uh, maybe a few more wide receivers to stretch the field. But, um, you know... Am I, am I calling a bowl, se- bowl game or bowl season for 2018? No, absolutely not. But, um, you know, steady improvement is what this, this team needs to see. You know, I, I want to pick your brain on a couple things, Angie, because this podcast can be a little shorter than than some of the others. Um, you just want to talk about the staffs, recruiting, really get into the, the meat and potatoes The emergency of this. pod. The emergency pod, yeah. Sound the alarms here. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to uh, touch on with you. The first was... I, I was thinking yesterday, you know, the announcement of, of the OC, the quarterback coach, and Smith himself, and now Riley. The quarterback position has been the most um, sought-after one for them since Sean Mannion left. And uh, there's no doubt that I think this team, if they're, gonna, if they're going to break through expectation, it's going to be because quarterback plays pretty damn good. Right now you look at it, and the stable of quarterbacks they have – is it is it better to do what it takes to win now with a quarterback? Let's say it's Jake Luton. Let's say he works really well and Smith loves him. Or should they con should they should they should they maybe think about toying with the notion of going with a young kid like Spencer Petrus? You know, first of all, you know, it's a matter of will Jake Luton be healthy? Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a huge if. I mean, the guy has a broken spine. So, um you know, that's, that's going to be first and foremost. It's a toss-up, honestly. I mean, then there's talk that, you know, K.J. Carter-Samuels could be a grad transfer from Washington. So That does nothing an, for me, by the way. Yeah, it doesn't I've do anything for me play. either. I've seen, I've seen it. it. It doesn't do anything for me either. So I know Beaver fans get a little excited. Honestly, I'd love to see what Petrus can do. Mm-hmm. And, and open up spring camp. He's coming early. Um, let him see what he can do. Can he, You know, can he 
command the huddle? Can he learn the playbook? I and mean, this is going to be a new playbook for the entire group, right? This isn't like one guy's going to have an advantage because he's been with the system. This, you know, this is new for everybody. So maybe Spencer Petrus can can take off and run with it. Maybe a uh, Aiden Willard can take off and run with it. So um, honestly, if if a young guy wins the job, I think you go with it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the quarterback one is its just an interesting, because if you can develop, we know Smith is developing quarterbacks, see Drake Browning, uh, Lindgren, we need to give him some credit. I mean, he, he helped, I thought, Cephalifau. Um, Steven Montez was inconsistent, but in the games that he played well, it was pretty evident, like development was still something he was kind of still figuring out. So I'll give, I'll give Lindgren credit for that. Um, it's just about figuring what direction you go. Do you go... Do whatever it takes. Um, put whoever's the best out there, or do you say we got to build something here, and it's not going to happen overnight? Let's play the younger, the younger kid. Give them the reps. I, I, I think that is a fascinating angle to think about uh, with Jonathan Smith. The other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was they start the season on the road in Columbus. Like their first game is Ohio State. I, I plan to go to that game because I've never been to the Horseshoe. Should they try to get out of it? I that's what I've said all along. They need to get out of that game. I mean, that's can you just imagine how bad that potentially could be? Oh, it's gonna be so bad. Could be. So bad. New coach, new complete new system. I I would pay whatever it takes to get out of that game. But that's me. Because I think so much of these kids, I mean, these are kids, right? These are eight seventeen to twenty two year olds, twenty three year olds. The psyche that goes into this. You go on the road to to Ohio State and get killed. What does that do for the rest of your season? Yeah. If I'm Jonathan Smith, I'm trying to get out of that game. For my first game as a head coach, as a Pac-12 head coach, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just it does nothing good. I, I And there's no I, – I don't see really any way that Oregon State can win that game. It's not even like some game that – Oh, there might be a shot because you know. Think I think back to you know Oregon State going to LSU or TCU, and there's been some games like that. That, but you know, it's been a coach that's been established that has a program, a system in place. This is a brand new system, a brand new head coach. It, it screams ugly loss to me. Yeah, I mean the LSU one. You mentioned like Riley's there, right? Like nobody saw that game coming at all. Um, no, I was at that game, and yeah, they, LSU fans were like, "Thank like, you for coming yeah, out." They didn't take it coming. seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was fun. It was a great experience as far as a fan experience, and great tailgate, great people. And then all of a sudden, Oregon State's right there. You know, I I don't think um, I don't think they're personally win or be close. The only thing I would say for the folks that hey, you know, give us some hope. It's still a game. You're right in the sense of Ohio State's gonna have a new quarterback too. Um, and I know they've played that kid when JT Barrett went out, but it's not always a done deal that you come out week one, look so sharp, and you could beat Oregon State 50 to nothing or 55 to seven or whatever. But hey, maybe they prep right and they make it somewhat of a, a contest and they don't get absolutely embarrassed. I mean, it could go either way, but I, I think my whole point is based on what you've said, based on what you hear down there. It feels like maybe confidence building is is one of the key parts of this culture, this new culture for Jonathan Smith, and going via the way, get out of that game, schedule a patsy or whoever you would classify as you think you could get a W with, and go get them instead. I mean, that would be my my 
my input. They're not going to do that, though. This they're not going to do it. They're going. A million and a half dollars they're going to get for that game. And, you know, then I, I talk to people that are down by the, you know, entrenched in the Valley Center. No people in the Valley Center. And the things that I've heard uh-huh. is Jonathan is smart. He's the smartest head coach. People have been around. He gets things. He, um, you know, understands kind of where they're at. Maybe maybe it's it's not as dire as I, I think it is. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, when you say dire, I, I, I think there's a difference there, though. When you use that word, people automatically go, oh, well, you think he sucks. And, and that's not what we're saying. It's just no. simply next year might – I mean, I think next year is going to be tough. I've looked at that schedule over frontwards and backwards, and I just think with the talent they do have, even coming back, it, it's going to be very tough. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mean dire, I guess, in an awful, awful way. I mean, it's, it's a new coach, a new system – and this is some of the kids have. This is going to be their third head coach that they've dealt with. Yeah. So complete change of everything they've they've known. So that's that's a hard adjustment. Hey, is the is the recruits the kids that are still in Corvallis? Is that going to be weird for them to see Riley come back as an assistant? You know, I've I've heard from some of the players that were there when Riley was there the first time, and they've actually been pretty impressed that Coach Riley remembers them, or at least remembers like, oh, hey, you're a kicker. Oh, wait. You know, you're from you know Sandy. Or they're they're pretty impressed. Coach Riley can remember that far back. Wait, wait, so, no, no, no. I mean, I mean the kids, the kids that uh, he recruited. I guess there's a handful of them that are still there. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's weird at all. I mean, those kids have all said that. Hey, I mean, when he left, he said, "Hey, you're still my guys. You know, you're still my kids. You're still my boys. Whatever he calls them. Um, you know." So I don't, I don't think that is weird. I think it's more weird for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. The fans that have been there. And have had Riley leave on them two different times. Yeah, to come back a third time. I I, I do think it's weird, more weird for the fans. Uh, I would like to point out too, in talking to Carrie, there's kind of a feel that Mike still has interest in potentially as a head coach again. Um, so maybe this isn't even like a long term thing. You know, maybe this is a year or two, and he ha- helps out and hangs around and. Smith is completely ready for everything and every scenario, and Riley goes to a, a smaller school somewhere. You know, if you told me, if you said, "Hey, Mike's going to coach a D three school in San Antonio," I, I would not be surprised at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, not at all. He's got the vacation home there. He loves the area, um, and I, I just nothing Mike would do which would really surprise. Hey, he's going to be a coach at Lewis and Clark. Okay, great. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, so maybe this is a short term thing and. This sets you up. You go a year in. You figure out things as a head coach. He moves on. You fill that void. But right now, I think we can just all agree they got to figure out the the recruit recruiting part of it. And how many more spots do they have now? So they have how many? They have three. So six. So they have six total. They need yeah. fifteen, right? Nine. To nine. nine more. Yeah. So, so nine total. So so six more. Ah oh, man! If Riley, if Riley is a on-road recruiter, which would just be odd to me if he wasn't. Yeah. Um. I think just following this, it's we're all going to be kind of at the edge of our seat of who do you get? Who is the? Who is the big recruiter? You know, I, you just you have to. You mentioned I hate to mention this a couple times in the podcast, but you mentioned that team down south and how that staff was built. I mean, it was built to the point where they just hired their their number one recruiter as their permanent head coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have I think there's some question marks about the guy that are fair, 
but people are jacked. He knows how to get talent down there. You just you have to look at this two ways. I think if you're Jonathan Smith, that's just a weird hire, though, Brandon. Don't you think that's weird? I mean, they are pandering to the 17 and 18 year old recruits. So I we're airing we're recording this right now at 4:45 on on a, a Friday. On Friday. We're airing that press conference on the radio station. From what I heard, it sounds like the AD is saying that had nothing to do with it. And he, the coach, I'll tell you this: the coach is a press conference guy. Like he is a guy that you walk away and go, "Wow, that guy got me fired up." But I always, I always am cautious with that. I don't invest a lot in that. It's just about what you can do on the field. If he hires the right staff, then it's probably not going to matter, right? He's a recruiter. He'll get the talent there, and he'll have the assistants figure it out on the field. But what I was going to say is, and by the way, yes, I think that program, I, I think they should be shooting much higher, but that's just my two cents. Um, in, in terms of Oregon State, you have to have a mix where coaching – and development matters, but I'm sorry, you need a couple guys on the staff where you kind of scratch your head sometimes from week to week and go, I don't know if he's a great coach, but you know damn well he's a good recruiter. Good recruiter, yep. That is so valuable. You can you can overlook sketch linebacker play, right? You can say, well, linebackers, eh, they're not terrible. They're not great. They're, yeah, they're yeah. But okay. That, but that coach but can that get serious players. In, yes. Yeah. Great players. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So anything else you want to get to? No, I think that's good. We didn't really do any. I don't know if we had any damn questions. We didn't, but okay. that's probably on me and you for not posting them out there. Oh, no, this you know what? kind of last minute because. I, I did. I posted it and I, post I got it? a couple, but I'll hold those. We'll do that on okay. next next week's. Next week. We'll do next week. I'm sure we'll get more staff hires. Um, Angie had a wine tasting today, so she actually wants to get back to enjoying her day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we Hopefully will... Hopefully I was coherent. I, you know, it was just, you know, one winery. Yeah. All good. Um, I would like to try... We were trying to get a guest on, but like timing on everything has just been off. I'm trying to get us to have, you know, a Barnes or 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 someone on with, on the podcast to talk about the hire and state of the program, the athletic department, et cetera. I thought that would be uh, really great to have on the podcast. So maybe we can work on having that happen. Um, and we will be back next week uh, for another edition. Anything you want to tease for Beaver? I Blitz? just want to, I just want to say thanks because I've seen, I mean, I've seen so many posts or um, Twitter posts this week, just asking where the damn podcast was and please bring it back for the whole season or a whole year. Thank you guys for listening. I mean, this is uh, something Brandon and I do and, we try to, I mean, Friday was a little bit of an off day because I had plans with a friend to go lunch and wine tasting, but um, we totally make it happen when we can, and we'll be back next week, but thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I second that, and uh, full disclosure, me and Angie will figure some things out. There's probably going to be a, a pretty sizable time-off period uh, at some point in this podcast uh, during the month of December, but we'll figure that out. We'll give you guys the details on that. I'm going on vacation I am not doing anything on my vacation, um, nor I believe anybody should ever do anything on their vacation. So there'll probably be a time off period, and uh, we'll probably figure out how we want what to pick it back up. What are you talking about? I was on vacation last week for, or two weeks ago for Thanksgiving, and I did the damn pot. Well, you were at the tail end of a Florida vacation. I think you had had <laughs> enough Florida. You were ready for some Oregon. Okay, there you go. <laughs> You're a harder worker than me, okay? I'll just say no, that. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> okay, uh, good stuff, Angie. Beaverblitz.com is her website. 
Uh, check it out. Great in-depth stuff on the recruiting front and on the coaching hires and just kind of tidbits here and there. And the message board is fantastic. Check out my radio show, 12 to 3, 1080 The Fan, Monday through Friday. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud. Please give us the five-star review. We really value the reviews and the ratings if we can get them. It would mean the world to us. Please, please, please just take a quick one minute to do that. That's all it takes. We appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Damn Podcast. We'll talk next week.